Devotion to the Word of God is paramount for every Christian. But how does one rightly interpret Scripture? This holy book is sacred. This holy book must be read and understood correctly. You're listening to the Book of Jude. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Book of Jude, and welcome to 2023. I hope everyone had a good Christmas. I hope everyone had a good New Year's, and it's 2023 now. Wow. It keeps on flying by every year. As as I get older, it keeps flying by. I don't know if that's the case for with you, but, man, it seems like every time I turn around, we're doing another holiday, and with work and family and kids and all of these things, the years just start flying by. When I was younger, it didn't happen like that. When you were younger, you probably thought, man, when am I going to be an adult? Ah, I got to tell you, that's, it's not all what it's cracked up to be. When you get older and you start getting stuff in your own name and you start get, receiving bills in the mail, eh, it's not fun. Stay a child forever. That's what I say. All right. Episode 10, but this is part three, and you're going to find out why this is part three pretty quickly. We ended with 24 elders. Who or what are the 24 elders? And we're going to look at the work of Bruce Molina, M-A-L-I-N-A, Bruce Molina. He says there's also an astral interpretation for the 24 elders, so an astral uh, response. He brings up the Babylonian Zodiac, the Babylonian Zodiac. Uh, This is, you know, the origin is in Mesopotamia. All the cultures of that region, ancient Israel and Second Temple Judaism, they utilized the Zodiac for observing the sky. Now, before you think this is crazy, there is a great deal of evidence for Jewish astrological beliefs in the Second Temple Jewish text. Now, what did they what did they believe? They they believe that Yahweh is the ruler over the cosmos, which you and I would agree with. And you can look up and see that they have found zodiac mosaics in ancient synagogues. So Bruce Molina says, Hey, look, we're we're looking at Revelation four and five, right? We're talking about the stars. We're already talking about God's Uh, throne and kingdom, and he cites a laundry list of uh, verses that he uses to back back it up, and I'll probably, there's so many, I'll probably just post it on Facebook, on the social media sites if I can, but definitely on Facebook, it's easier. He also points out the fact that the cherubim imagery of Ezekiel 1 is repurposed in Revelation 4, which it is, and we're going to see that. Um, this corresponds to the four points of the Babylonian Zodiac, which it does. Uh, this is an, uh, um, an astral significance to John's throne description and the 24 elders would make sense. That's a quote from Dr. Michael Heiser. Molina's argument is that the elders were decans, D-E-C-A-N-S, decans, 
groups of stars that ancient cultures used to mark out specific phases or portions of the night sky. Uh, a decan comes from the Greek word deca, which is 10, the number 10. It's a creation from the Hellenistic time period, and it was to designate deities like stars, astral deities, you know, they would rule over every 10 degrees of the circle of the Zodiac. So every 10 degrees, that was a, uh, an astral deity. This was, this was the belief, right? Uh, Egypt and Babylon had 36 decans dividing the sky into 36 sections of 10 degrees for a 360 degree system. Don't let me lose you. You don't need to get any of that. If you're horrible at math like I am, <laughs> you don't need to understand or remember any of this. Okay. I'm just telling you what they had. It's going to come together really quickly. You know? And again, I'm quoting uh, Melina. However, the book of Revelation is a product of what? The Hellenistic time period. So this is different and it accounts for the number 24. So Melina is telling us that from the text that he has studied, uh, that has been recorded that the, the Greeks learned about the sundial and the 12 fold division of the day from the Babylonians. So by the fifth century, uh, BC, the civilized world from Babylon to Greece knew of 12 lunar months of 30 days. Now see, it should be coming together in your head, 12 months of 30 days. That sounds a little bit more like how we do, right? Not not exact, but but closer. So they would say the day, daylight plus nighttime, was divided into 12 larger double hours and 360 smaller units. What does all that mean? Basically, they're dividing up the days. And these were marked because of the, the circular course of the sun, the moon, the stars. And they will say, yes, it has the 12 equal double segments and the 360 lesser units. So by the time of John's gospel, it's no surprise that when Jesus asks theoretically, are there not 12 hours in a day, John eleven nine, he's talking about the 12 hours corresponding to the 12 divisions of the celestial circle are in fact double hours, hence 24 in all. So 24 hour days. Are there not 24 other, uh, Jesus says, are there not 12 hours in a day? Well, to them, yes, he was talking about sun up to sundown. And then you have the double hours, the, the nighttime hours. Don't let me lose you. All, all we're saying is this all, this all links together. We've had this language thus far in Revelation and Revelation uses what? Ezekiel. So now Melina wants us to think when we see 24 elders around this, about the central throne of God, right? And what he saw in other Israelite inscriptions from around the Mediterranean, a council of elders was called a Gerousia or a Decania. Do you remember that? Decania? Deca? Uh, so a member of this council was called a Presby, uh, Presbyteros. Uh, synonyms, these are synonyms for the Latin Decurio, Decurio, and the Greek Dekanos. <laughs> so I, I mean, I can't, you can't really make this stuff up, and it, it seems it's more than a coincidence when you all tie it together. And this is a scholar, uh, Mr. Molina, 
this is a scholar. This isn't some crazy person, but um, Dr. Heiser wanted to highlight his take on the 24 elders. And I wanted you to know, uh, you don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to venture to guess that you've never heard that before. And it sounds quite, quite crazy. And you can even say, you know what, that sounds too crazy. I'm not interested in that. I'm going to go back to uh, what we talked about last time. Oh, that that's okay. That's okay. But as far as Melina goes, elders surrounded the throne of God. Uh, there was the divine council scenes where the members uh, typically stand before the Lord. Job 1.6, Job 2.1, Daniel 7.10. We know that John is using Daniel 7 a lot. You know, we see him at the left or the right of God, like 1 Kings 22.19-23. Divine council members are uh, the members of the heavenly host, uh, whom are called the stars of God. Uh, you could see Job 30, uh, 38, Job 38, verse 7. So this arrangement depicted the rotating cycle of the zodiac signs that encompassed the decans, which were the elders. There's a there's a classic writer, and I will I will butcher his his name. I'm just gonna spell it D-I-O-D-O-R-U-S. Last name S-I-C-U-L-U-S. But his writings uh, date just before the Christian era. So this is some of his writing. So beyond, this is a quote, beyond the circle of the Zodiac, and again, we're talking about the Babylonian Zodiac, uh, they designate the 24 other stars of which one half, they say, are situated in the northern parts and one half in the southern. And of these, those which are visible, they assign to the world of the living. Uh, while those which are invisible, they regard as being adjacent to the dead. And so they call them judges of the universe. And again, Ezekiel's vision is, it, it has the zodiac correspondence. And remember how I ended last time, twelve Daniel 12, 3, those who are wise shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So we're compared to the stars. And let, let's keep this in mind as we continue to read. So don't 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 throw it away yet. Uh, Revelation 4, 6 to 11. What do we see? We're seeing all around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes, six wings full of eyes. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy Lord God, who is and who was and is to come. So we so we have these creatures now. And John is combining Ezekiel 1, the cherubim, who has four wings, by the way, and he's, he's combining it with Isaiah 6, seraphim. They have the six wings. Did you catch that? Six wings, four living creatures, each of them with six wings full of eyes. The living creatures are full of eyes, but in, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel, they're filled with eyes. What's filled with eyes? Uh, the, the wheels or the rims, or dare I say, a circle, <laughs> a circle that's filled with eyes. And Ezekiel 1, 17, 18 uses eyes Verses 4 and 16 also use that same word for sparkle, 
or gleaming. And why is that significant? Because the ancient literature uses this description for stars. I, I hinted this earlier, but the four faces of the cherubim in Ezekiel's vision corresponds to four signs for the cardinal direction points. So as we would say, north, south, east, west, this astral interpretation of what John is doing, of him using Ezekiel 1, Isaiah 6, uh, and what we just went over, I, I got to tell you, it's not sounding too crazy anymore. The ancients called the stars eyes, and they thought of them to be living entities. They said they're full of eyes. It was perceived as a animate beings like persons or animals. Since Ezekiel sees all four constellations moving at once, his vantage point, think of his vantage point, it was high above the entire cosmos. And that's a quote from John Pilch, P-I-L-C-H, another scholar who, who would uh, agree with all of, the, all of these things we're saying. But remember the wheels, the wheels, when they went, they went in, um, in any of their four directions, any of the sides, right? Without turning as they went. Remember Ezekiel. And their rims were tall and awesome. And the, and the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. That's Ezekiel 1, 17 uh, to 18. And we've mentioned John's use of Ezekiel 1 and Isaiah already, but we're still he's still using them. He's still using them, even to a point where he's he'll say four wing, he'll say six wings, but he's he's merging everything. He's he knows his original intended audience is going to know exactly what he's trying to communicate. Yahweh is Lord over time. He's Lord over time. Constellations were to mark signs and seasons and could be used as navigation indicators. It simply marks time for them. Astrology or zodiac signs can be found within the pages of your Bible. So instead of wondering if I've lost all credibility, <laughs> Psalm 8.3, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. These, this is Yahweh's creation, and it is there for a purpose. Uh, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Psalm 147.4, he determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Oh, now we've heard that before, but now that kind of hits a little different. Did you know that um, some constellations are in your Bible? Job 9.9, 9, who made the bear and Orion. Job 26.13 mentions the the fleeing or the crooked uh, serpent, the Draco, the dragon, also in...
You're listening to the Book of Jude. Connect with us on social media. Search at Book of Jude on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Chaplain Jude posts frequently with additional resources for you to further your study of God and His Word. Feel free to ask questions or leave comments. Remember, prayer requests are always welcome. Thank you for listening to the Book of Jude. Now, back to the show. Can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the Maseroth in their season? Or can you guide the bear with its children? That's Job 38, 31 to 32. And again in Amos 5, 8, he who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth, the Lord is his name. And that Maseroth in Job 38, that's usually translated constellations. Yeah the 12 constellations of the Zodiac. God is over time. So if you're Daniel and in, in Babylon is, has came and conquered and captured you and exiled you. uh, But we see that even though they're going through this tribulation, we see in the very first chapter of Daniel that the Royal astrologers of Babylon at the Babylonian court, were put to shame by God's prophet. Yeah, according to astrology, the sign you were born under, Aquarius, Pisces, Leo, Virgo, all the rest of them, Capricorn, this impacts your destiny. Now, this is completely false. This, the Bible, very heavy-handedly instructs not to be a part of. Isaiah 47, 13 to 14, God specifies astrologers as among those who will be burned as stubble in God's judgment. Astrology as a form of divination is expressly uh, forbidden in Scripture, Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 14. God forbade the children of Israel to worship or serve the host of heaven. What are the host of heaven? the stars, the constellations. That's Deuteronomy 4.19. Several times in their history, we see that Israel fell into that very sin. For one example is 2 Kings 17.16. And every time they worshiped the stars, God's judgment came every single time. So I want to make that distinction between these constellations marking time and knowing that this is God's creation and he is over them versus what we just talked about, worshiping the stars, worshiping the constellations, worshiping, making it more than it is. At least seven synagogues, I mentioned this earlier, at least seven synagogues in Israel built 1,500 to 1,700 years ago. They all featured mosaics of the zodiac. The zodiac symbols are in a circle surrounding what appears to be the Greek sun god Helios. The circle is typically enclosed with a square with human figures representing the four seasons at its corners. So we can definitely use the stars to keep track of time and place. I remember 
uh, being deployed to Iraq and I was on a blackout fob. And that means if I was going back, if I was traveling at night on the fob, there was no lights. Uh, we didn't have roads or anything, but I always used uh, the Big Dipper to point me in the direction to get back to where I was going. Right. So let's say I was going back to the tent. Uh, I would look up at the stars. I, I literally could not see in front of my face. We weren't allowed to put lights on. I'll just say for safety reasons. Uh, so I would use the Big Dipper to guide my way back in that direction to get where I was going. That that's it. I'm not worshiping the Big Dipper, <laughs> but I'm using it to where it benefited me in the way it could be used. So like in Ezekiel's vision, Yahweh's chariot is surrounded and supported by cherubim. Yahweh's chariot is in the heavens. These cherubim are quite naturally part of the visual sky. Remember, we said Ezekiel's viewpoint was from far above the cosmos. If he's seeing constellations moving through the heavens in a cycle, it's a path, it's a wheel, and it's wheels within wheels. Um, it's symbolic. It's describing the constellations in their courses. And again, these things mark time. The messaging, Dr. Heiser says, of Ezekiel 1 had a specific aim. Ezekiel's vision proclaims to the captives from Judah, exiled in Babylon, that the heavenly king who controls the cycles of time and history is not Marduk, the chief deity of Babylon uh, at the time, of course, but Yahweh of Israel. Yahweh is in charge of time. So when John's using these living creatures around the throne, filled with eyes, he's just repurposing, as he's been doing since we began this series, Ezekiel's message. Yahweh is still in control of time and history. Yahweh and his council are about to make some uh, judgments in this apocalypse we call Revelation. I know at the very beginning of this episode, it's it's very complicated. But if you stuck with me to the end, it's kind of kind of simplifies things, don't it? Doesn't doesn't that kind of clear things up? These visions of the constellations and God being Lord over time, it just makes sense. It's a heavenly council scene. And no, I'm not saying we die and become a star, a, a, a flaming gas ball, right? <laughs> it's symbolic. It's symbolic over and over. Uh, I hope at the end of this episode, you're saying, you know what? Doesn't sound that crazy. Kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. So, whew, that was a hard one. Hey, I hope that you are enjoying this, taking notes. Uh, appreciate you going down this journey with me. Yes, it's going to be a long journey, but if you're, if one person out there is listening, uh, then I'm here. I'm with you. Here we go. Uh, by the way, uh, before we go, um, January 1st, obviously, New Year happened. So, uh, make sure, I hope, um, I want to encourage you and challenge you, uh, to read your Bible through, uh, every year, read your Bible in one year. You can read or listen, of course, with the capabilities we have today. And so therefore, I uh, hope you start about four to five chapters a day. Uh, you can get through the Bible in one year. This does no, this does not replace studying the Bible. This is just getting the Bible read through each and every year. 
And so every day of this year, you read four to five chapters and, you know, you just get it in you. You just going to be second nature. I've been doing that. Um, And then also, if you follow on the social media, you've seen that I uh, shared some the books that I read this year, read slash listen to. Um, I I love Audible listening to it, um, driving to and from work. Just want to make a make sure everybody knows that I, all of these books I have read for, uh, research or entertainment purposes, but mostly research, probably 90% research and don't see the, the <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover book of Jude. Don't judge a book book by its cover. Don't read the cover of the book and say, Whoa, where, where's he coming from? No, no. I'm just trying to expand my mind and my research. And so um, all of these books were were uh, great to read and or listen to. And uh, absolutely pick them up, check them out. Uh, doesn't mean I support the author in no way, shape, or form. So I just want to put that out there. Just let you know. Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not, as they say, promoting anybody. I'm just letting you know what I went through this year. Yeah, pick a pick some partners, kind of accountability partners. Um, I got two. I got two of my brothers, uh, brothers in the faith, and we are, we're reading the Bible through in a year. We're just trying to encourage one another. Don't want nobody to get too far behind, and so we just keep each other accountable. But all right, 2023, here we go. Here we go. Um, well, you know what I'm about to say. As you go out this year, 2023, you go make disciples. <laughs>